So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. And with God's help and your willingness to receive, I think that God's going to bless some of you. I can't say all of you because I know 25% of you are the only ones that's paying attention. Only 25% of you brought your Bible. Other 75% rely. I'm stop picking. Elijah. We're going to talk about Elijah this morning. And we don't care. You bring a Bible, look at the screen, look at your phone, your iPads, your computers. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> we just want to be able to share the word. See, I look on the back screen, it's not there, but it's on the front screen. I look on the front screen, it goes out, but it's on the back screen. I love technology. So here we go. 1 Kings chapter 19. Now I'm going to, I want to read a good portion, so I'll put my glasses on. I'll stay focused here on this. Y'all ready? Look at your name. Are y'all ready? Man, you better wake up. All right, let's go. Verse 1, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Ooh, underline that. I'm going to come back to that one. Y'all might get a Wednesday. Also, how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. How many of you have been threatened by the enemy? And when he saw that, <laughs> I love how he's seen a word. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then he lay and slept under a broom tree, and suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And y'all have heard me teach on the touching part before. It's, it literally means slapped him. <laughs> then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Whew. Come back to that one. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. Whew. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food. <laughs> Somebody say that food. He went in the strength of that food. Y'all might get a good Wednesday. Forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. That's the place where God speaks. That's Mount Horeb. 
And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. Mm. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. In, in other words, I, I'm doing it all. Everybody else has laid down and stopped, and I've... <laughs> torn down your altars. Oh, he's telling God a thing. He, they, they've torn down your altars. They killed the prophets, your prophets, with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. God, I've been the only one doing everything that you've been asking to do. Nobody else is doing it. But me alone. Then he said, this is he, he, big he, that's God, he, the big God, the only God. Okay. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Now, please pay attention to this because I... It's amazing what happens when God really wants to open up a revelation because he will begin to show you things in Scripture that is not what you heard. He said, go out and stand. Now, this is when he's told Elijah to go outside. Go out and stand. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains. And he broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't say anything. It just said it was a still small voice. We don't know what we don't know what was said. We don't know what instructions were given. We have no clue what's happened here. We just know that after all of the other stuff, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it. God, i got to get through the scripture I want to preach. So it was when Elijah heard it, when he heard the small still voice, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out. I wish it would have said, and then went out. <laughs> See, he was just as stubborn as you. God's already told him to go and stand, right? He's already told him to go out and stand, right? Elijah didn't do that. All this other stuff had to happen first. Oh, stop, people. You're just as hard-headed as Elijah. He went out and he stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, boy, don't you love it when God's got to repeat himself to you. And any time that you see this repetition in Scripture, you need to pay attention to this. This is something you need to meditate on. This is something you need to, to really get into and study because there's something that God wants us to understand. He's not repeating himself just to feel something. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
This is the second time. What are you doing here? And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken you, your covenant torn down your And he went back to, he said, okay, you want to ask me the same question? I'm going to give you the same answer. And he killed your prophets with a sword, and I alone am left. And they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. Boy, don't you know that was just a, a joyful time when God tells us to go on your way to the wilderness. <laughs> and when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Mahola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Last night, I was telling you earlier that Debbie and I went to visit in the hospital. And, and while we're there, we're, we're just talking. And Debbie had asked a question when she walked in. <laughs> wow, this is kind of ironic. Debbie had asked a question. Debbie said, how are you doing? Well, the response was kind of scattered, and it didn't. <laughs> Let's just say it was, a, it was a roundabout. She took a roundabout. We was hoping she'd take the first turn, and she took the second turn off the roundabout. So she answers, and she goes on and says various things. And, man, it struck me. And as I'm sitting in the chair, I'm... Doesn't seem like she answered that. And I, I felt led to ask her again. So I said, uh, Debbie asked you a question. And uh, I didn't like the answer. I don't feel like you answered it. So I want to ask you again. Well, from that time until the time we actually got back to asking the question, here come one nurse, here comes somebody else, here comes some, and I'm going, no, nah, Satan, whatever, I mean, because I can get sidetracked, so I held it in my head, and I, I just kept saying it, you need to ask her the question, ask her the question, because if I didn't, I'm telling you, I would have gotten sidetracked and would have went on, so after everybody left, I looked at her, and I pulled my chair up a little bit, and so I could see her, I wanted to see her eyes. I need to ask you a question. How are you doing? She knew then there was no skirting. You, you're not going to skirt. I, I, ask, I ask a direct question. I want a direct answer. I don't want a religious answer. I don't want your white robe answer. I don't want your halo answer. I don't want your churchies. I want the truth. I said, so how are you doing? She goes on to, now she's revealing things. I told her, I'm not, I'm not interested in how you are physically. 
could see that with my own eyes. I'm not asking you the obvious. I want to know how you're doing. Well, lo and behold, what Debbie had asked, and she, re, I'm going to say she refused to answer. She, she started answering. You know, there are things that we can talk to people. And it's the obvious stuff that people think they're supposed to give the answer to when we ask questions. Because she started to, my back hurts and, you know, my stomach. And I don't want to know about it. It's not that I don't care about that. Right now, something is more important, and I want to know the answer. How are you doing? And after we jostled back and forth a little bit, she started telling us. And the diagnosis, I've got an RN. Did you know that? You didn't know that, did you? Rocky, nicely, I have an RN. I mean, you people. Oh, y'all think it's y'all. I got mine, too. So the diagnosis was you're not doing very well. Some medicine had to be prescribed. So we had to prescribe some medication. How many of you know that my medicine was going to come from this and not at a pharmacy? It wasn't going to be, you can't go to CVS and pick this up. I said, you have to understand something. And then I began to tell her, and y'all bear with me. So I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to be so good. I began to tell her a little bit about the war room and, and how God ministered to me over there and how he showed me the praise first so that that would increase and encourage my faith so that when I turned to the prayer wall that I wouldn't just be praying, I would be praying with anticipation. How many of you, have you ever just prayed? Come, now don't lie, you're in church. Have you ever just prayed just to pray? Just, God bless the day and help us through that. You have no anticipation or expectation whatsoever in that prayer, but you just pray to pray. I wonder how much time in a day that we waste of God's by asking for something that we have no expectation that it's ever going to come to pass. But if we would sit for a moment and look back on what he has already accomplished in our life. How good he's been. What he's provided. What he's doing. What he's promised. Man, there's a different type of presentation now. When we go to the throne room of God and make our request known. Now I'm going, understanding that he's already done something before, so that lets me know that he's able. That lets me know that he's able. That lets me know that he hears. 
And that lets me know that he answers. So if I've got those three things in my mind when I approach God in my prayer time, I pray with a different expectancy. I pray knowing that he's going to hear and he's going to answer. Why? Because he's able. He's done the other. If he's done that, he'll do this. Y'all better wake up on me. I'll go to another church and preach this this morning. Too many times we, we try to, to walk through life with these prayers that we just... I'll get your attention in a minute. Can I walk behind? I don't care. It don't matter. Are we in the throne room? We're we throwing out our prayers... We just hoping there's a chance that he'll catch one. Who's going to clean this up? I will. <laughs> Who's going to? I'll buy it. But this is what we're doing. And so many times in life, I think that this is what Christian people do more frequently than they're aware of. They're going through the steps. They understand. They have given God enough credit to understand that he's the one that we are to pray to. He's gotten that much. Well, aren't you precious? He's gotten that much from us. But there's times when we're caught in the middle of a circumstance. We're not really remembering. But we're just... It's just a hope. Maybe. <laughs> wow, I looked at you. This is what I thought. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. She struggled with that. <laughs> Woo, he loves me. He might answer. He might not. He might answer. He might not. But just in case he will, I'll just throw this one more time. Oh, we'll come back. And I'll just throw one more time. Because when we're hung in circumstance, our circumstance has a tendency to become the focus. And we're talking about Elijah. I haven't lost my place. I still know we're in 1 Kings. I haven't gone anywhere. We're still there. But I've got to sit there. Bless you. But I've got to sit there. You won't want to. No more tissues. I'm sorry. I love God. Where the spirit is, there's liberty. If you don't like it, take it up with him. So here's Elijah. Or let me get, let me get back to the room. So, so we're talking and we're going through. And the more I'm talking to her, man, the more scripture begins to come out. And the, and the more understanding I begin to get in my head as I'm speaking to her about what it truly means. You know, because we, we, we can get caught in circumstances. And when we're by ourselves. The enemy has this tendency yeah. 
to begin to creep in. Well, you don't want, and that ain't going to happen, and this is what went on, and you know that this, and you know that that, and well, you might have said that yesterday, so if you go to talk to God today, he's not going to listen because you ain't done enough to get back into the graces. There's all kinds of crap that can come and infiltrate your mind. And in that time frame, we begin to forget about who God really is, how big God is. We, we forget all of that. We forget about what he's done. A lot of our problem is, is this. What have you done for me lately? Y'all want to come into church this morning? Oh, this is going to be, look, this is going to help you. This word will help you if you'll open your heart. This word will help you. It will minister medicine. You need to listen. It will minister medicine to you. Because we're always looking that God didn't fix, he didn't fix this problem yesterday. He didn't fix this other problem from two weeks ago. Why am I going to pray now? Why, why do I want to talk to him now? Why, why would I believe that he's with me now? He wasn't with me three weeks ago. Why do I want to think he's with me? And by the way, my circumstance is doom and gloom. Why, why do I think that God's even with me. So we've got to start looking at what God has done. Count your blessings. That's old school. They don't know. They don't get that. That's that old stuff, ain't it? Yeah, that's that old stuff. But this is a reminder for me and you. Is that we can turn and look upon the things that God's already done. So that now in the shape that I'm in. Now in the issues of life. Now in this problem. And now in that problem. I can refer back to chapter 1. And I can remember that time that God showed up. And we was $500 light at the beginning of the month for our bills. And we knew that there's going to be a tough time this month in the household. <laughs> but every time, somehow, I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just saying that sometime, <laughs> the accountant I had, he knew some loopholes. He, 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 was a, he, he, he was able to go and, and grab somebody else that wasn't even a part in our family and would come and supply. Because why? He said, test me in this and see that I don't have men. Pour into your bosom, pressed down and shaken together and run. Every month we would be looking at 500 deficit. And every month we would have food in the refrigerator. And every month our bills was paid. Don't ask how. I don't know. Be honest with you, really don't care. I give him the glory, and guess what? We went into the next month. The same deficit and the same God. And the same outcome. 
Don't listen. Church, I'm telling you, if you don't get tied into some of the things that God has done in your past, you'll never experience what he can do for you in your future because you're so tied up in your present. So we just kept talking. I ain't lost my place. We, we kept talking. Boy, this is so good. It's so rich. I love it when it's hot off the skittle. Who likes eating cold eggs? I don't want cold eggs. I want the hot stuff. I said, I want you to promise me something. I want you to, I want you to wake up every morning because it seemed to be that it was in the morning. It seemed to be that it was in the morning. When life really hasn't started, everything's quiet. Whoo! Don't you know that seclusion can be detrimental to your spirit man if you aren't careful? When you don't have nobody pouring into you, when you're struggling, sometimes we get caught up over here in the cave. I'm still in scripture. Are y'all following me? We get caught up in a cave. And we start singing the woes is me. And how everything in life just isn't going as planned. And how we begin to start throwing questions up. Well, <coughs> y'all never questioned God. I've got to start this sermon all over again. Now we're going to be here till 3 instead of 2.30. And I'm saying I want you to turn back time. And I want you to start looking at all the blessings and all the good things, all the healings, all of the deliverances, all of it. I want you to start compiling these things in your mind. And I want you to start meditating on them because I need God to be big in your life. Not your circumstance. The, guess what? The circumstance didn't leave. It's still, you woke up, you're still in the same place, you're still in the same room, you're still in the same beep, beep, beep. Oh. I got to get a mind off of it. But if I can think of the goodness of God, and how big he's been in my life in the past. The blessing that he's had from then until now. Yeah. Just think if God wasn't there. Where would you be? Man. How would you feel then? I don't wish that on any of you. I don't ever want you to think that you're in such a deep dark place. That God's not available for you. He's within hand's reach. Matter of fact, he's within lip service. Hey, Dad. Yes? What? See, he ain't like most of us as dads. Kids got to keep going, Dad, 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 Dad. <laughs> yeah, some, uh, some of them say Mama. But don't you know that God is waiting on you to tell him just how good he is? 
The Bible said, and this is what I told her, the Bible says that he abides in the praises of his people. If you will take a moment to praise him anyway, life ain't, life ain't what we thought it was going to be, brother, sorry. But we, we've got to learn, Dennis, to praise him anyway. Because here's the difference. If I can get him in my circumstance, uh-oh, if I can get him in my circumstance, see, there's the problem. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's the problem. We're always trying to get our circumstances into him. That's right. He said, if you'll get me into your circumstance, I become bigger than the circumstance because you'll focus. You have forgotten about where you are. Woe is me. You're thinking about how good he is. That we serve a God that is able to do above and beyond. Come on, church. You better hear me. You're going to sit in your circumstance. And if you aren't careful, your circumstance will swallow you. Elijah is sitting in a cave. A cave. He found a cave to go. How many of us have ever wandered and looked for a place where we can go? If I mess it up, it's okay. If we can get somewhere by ourselves, it'll be okay. See, that's, look, that's a good example. Because we start throwing all kinds of stuff out of our life then. We start getting rid of stuff. But if we can find a dark corner where nobody else can get to us, and we can just sit in our circumstance, and our woes are me. See, I... It's not that I don't know the Bible. I just don't want to hear it. It, it. It's not that God is not able because he is. He's, he's not changed. He said that he will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not about the man of God. It's about the ability of God. It's about, it's about the efficiency of his blood. That will never change. I don't care what you go through in life. I don't care what you experience. I don't tore the church up. I don't care what you experience in life. Your God is able to go exceedingly above and be on but you've got to stop wandering to the cave because once you get into that cave once you once you take yourself away from everybody once you remove yourself from everybody or once you remove God from you and you get back in because this wasn't about no particular place God didn't care about it where it was when he said why are you here he wasn't asking him why are you in this cave and not that one he, he wasn't asking, why are you over here? And not, he, he didn't care. He said, why are you here? Elijah, why have you taken yourself and secluded yourself and spiritually have cut off the world? Why have you separated yourself? Where, where did you leave? 
Where did you leave the trust you once had for me? I want you to go back and I want you to remember, Elijah. I want you to remember what it was that you have done because of me in your life. The accomplishments that you have achieved because of me in your life. Elijah, I want you to remember these things that we've already gone through so that you will understand that no matter what you're, what you're conditioned to at this point, what you're being brought up to in this moment, we can make it. You can't keep, when you have a problem in your life, stop running from it. Face it. Don't let it become bigger than the God that you serve. He, he finds himself in this, in this dark place. Why do, you think, why do you think God said, I want you to step out, go out? He said, I want you to come out of the dark and into the light. Oh, see, because when we're back in the dark place, dark, dark is a place of ignorance in the Bible. That's what darkness means in the Bible. It's a place of ignorance. So when we talk about people coming to the light, it's coming to the truth. It's coming to knowledge of who Jesus is. So when people are in a dark place, they are in a place where God is not. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase it, the truth. Because we'll get over here and we'll lie to ourselves so much. Can't go on anymore. This is bigger than I am. and I don't know that I've got enough strength and I can't make it and I won't be able to do it and this ain't going to happen and everybody says this and whoever I tell, they're going to be against it and blah, 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 blah. We're in a place of no knowledge of who God is. We're in a place of what our circumstance has become. God wasn't interested in being in a cave. He was interested in his mindset, his spirit man. Why, why are you here? Elijah, I need you to understand something. Why are you here? Get, please step out. But no, we don't want to hear that. We reject and we rebel. And you can't, you're, you're back into the dark place. You, you can't see what's going on around you because you're so enveloped by your condition. See, oh. It's much different inside the cave things seem to be different it's cold it's clammy it's wet and this is where Elijah was and God had to come and check him how many of you need a good check from God this morning because sometimes you you've gotten You've retracted yourself. You've gone over there because this seems too big or that seems too big and this will never work and that one. You know what? If you put that in your mind that this won't and that won't, guess what? It won't. The Bible says that whatever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I know. You don't want scripture this morning, so I'll just keep 
You ever found yourself? We're getting to our notes now. Have you ever found yourself wanting to just get away from everybody and go crawl in a hole somewhere? Just throw in the towel. Be done. Ring the bell. If we're honest with each other this morning, I think we'll all say, whether we've been there or whether we're there now, but we've all experienced this place. I mean, most of us are old enough to have experienced it before. See, now it's going to be on different levels for some and different levels for others. Because what you felt to be a dark place in your life may not be so dark to somebody else because their darkness was a little darker. Maybe they were a little deeper in the cave. God's saying, Elijah, why are you here? He said, I need you to understand something, Elijah. Listen to me. Elijah, do you remember when you stopped the rain? <laughs> Why y'all look at me like that? Yes, he did. He said that it will not rain until I say it will rain. That dude was bold. He knew. He had such trust in God that he knew whatever he said that heaven would back him. Now, he was not frivolous in his ways. He was very purposed in what he done, and he was led by the Spirit. But do you remember when you stopped the rain? Do you remember, Elijah, when you provided flour and oil to the widow? Do you remember the time, Elijah, that you resurrected a child? Do you remember when that you predicted Jezebel and Ahab's death? Do you remember the time that you called fire from heaven? Do you remember just not a week ago that you killed the prophets of Baal? Elijah, why are you here? Why do you think this is much more for me? There's the problem. He was found in a place of weakness in his life. You and I also will be found in a place of weakness in your life. And your circumstance will overcome you. It will succumb you. It will take over. It will direct your life. It will direct the way you think. It will direct the way you act. It will direct the way you spend money. It will direct the way you pray. Your circumstances will catch you at a place in time in your life where you have become weak because you've gone through all the other successes and you just, you're tired. You, how many of you have been sitting in here, you just want to quit? Can I tell you that you got a preacher <laughs> preaching? That there's been times I've sat on the edge of my bed and I've said, God, throwing in the towel. I've been riding in the truck going down the road telling Debbie, Debbie, I think I want to quit. She says, okay, what daddy say? And the conversation's over. 
Oh, I'm telling you, she, if, look, if I ever get bold enough to look at her and say, Debbie, God said their season's done. She's going to say, okay, baby, we need to address the church. She ain't going to try to talk me out of it because once daddy speaks, it's over. But I ain't, I ain't dumb enough. I ain't dumb enough to say daddy said when daddy ain't said. I didn't say I wasn't caught in moments of weakness where I wanted to. I didn't tell you that. I just told you that I did. I'm going to start preaching with a towel over my shoulder, not around my waist. I ain't here to wash your feet. I'm here to throw in a towel. I'm just... But when we can sit and look at this, we can now see and even prepare ourselves for a season just like this. That we're so weak and we're caught off guard with a circumstance. I mean, this dude just filleted prophets of Baal. And a woman, no offense, but a woman sends a message. His messenger comes and says, Jezebel said, and he saw it. You ain't gonna get it. He said something. Elijah saw it. I'm too tired to fight anymore. I'm out. Because she just might do what she says she's going to do. She's been killing prophets. They've been hiding out, tucked away in caves. She's been killing them. And she painted the picture so elaborate that he, <laughs> she sold him on the picture. He said, I'm out. Finding, his, finding himself at a place of exhaustion. He found a way out. A cave. Can I tell you a cave offers you a dead end? A cave will never spread light on the situation. leaves you alone has anybody in here ever thought differently when they were by their self thinking about an issue yeah. Absolutely. and and when you talk to somebody see counselors <laughs> counselors aren't the answer yeah. counselors just give you options They don't have no magic peel, no magic potion. Shoot, some of them have gone through what you've gone through five times. <laughs> yeah, I went to a counselor. <laughs> it was too deep for him. He didn't, he said, I got to go. <laughs> Not really. I said, you got to go. When it went, listen, when a man has gone through five marriages and not married and telling me, how to keep my marriage together. I probably don't want to take advice from him. Can I tell you? I'm going to give you a little bit of seed right here. So that you can carry it home in your pocketbook. If somebody hasn't been where you've been. They cannot tell you how to get out of where you are. 
That's enough to preach. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> but you, you find yourself alone. Trying to negotiate. Man, we're... Dude, we're so ignorant sometimes. We try to negotiate through problems like we got it together. Come on, dude. We know that women are smarter than we are when it comes to shopping. I'm joking. But I sat and I watched this picture unfold right in front of me with Elijah and God. God asking him, why are you here? And God takes him through this stuff. Well, I better not say God took him through it. But I'm telling you, if we can take this incident and we can utilize this for our life, I think that if we could go back and rethink of what he has done and rethink what we have gone through and what we've come out victoriously in and we don't smell like the fire that we were just put into, if we start looking at what he's done in our life in the past, it will give us the stamina. It will give us the increase of faith to make it through what we're in right now. Because if he'd done it then, he'll do it now. And Elijah, just like us, hard-headed, he didn't move to the edge of the cave when God told him to go outside. Y'all read that scripture, right? Were y'all reading with me? I told you it's a good place to be paying attention. Watch. He tells Elijah to go outside. Elijah don't go outside. And behold, and behold, the Lord passed by. And behold, okay, so that didn't do it. But he said, okay, I got to wake you up. We got to hit the turbo. He said, and the Lord passed by. And then. A great strong wind tears the mountains. Throwing rocks and trees. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, it was the earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in that either. And after that was the fire. But the Lord wasn't in that either. I went through all this this morning to get to this one point because I'm excited about this one point. You know why God wasn't in it? Because he had gone before it. This, this is why we're missing him, people. Listen to me. This is why we're missing him. God has already gone before you. He's already gone before the battle. He's already gone before the storms. He already knows the outcome. He's already went through it. And we're constantly tied up looking for him in the storm. And he's not in the storm. Why? Because he's already went before it. 
if we can understand that God is ahead of us, that God is ahead of our storm, how much more should we be able to turn to Him when we're downtrodden, when we're defeated, when we're just exhausted? How much more? God, when He showed me that, I wanted to run around the church with my shoes off. Dennis, he's already, he, went before, he went before that issue. <laughs> Why? Because he's taking care of some other stuff. So whenever something jumps up in your life, and it seems like a storm, don't stop. I know he's already went through it. Excuse me a minute. Huh? Oh, man. Just come here, man. Come here. I ain't been a friend forever. Been been part of the family. Been part of all of it, man. Gone through it. He's went through the hell and the hive. Not really, but sort of, kind of. But but probably not a really good example. But we're going to use you anyway because I love you. A relationship, a friendship, a commandant. He's gone through it, Charlie, with me. He went through it with me before. And we just keep coming and we keep coming. But guess what? There's a storm that hit and he can't make it. And he decides at this point, he wants to talk to me about man. That's real just, that's tough, man. I don't know how you're making it. And I, I don't, guess what? Excuse me. <laughs> He's already went through. <laughs> Listen, there's going to be relationships that's going to change through your passing of storms. Stop. You can sit down. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. But we want to we tie ourselves to things and to people. When God's already passed through the storm, He's already gone before, and it just showed up in your life. He just wants you to keep walking. He doesn't want you to camp out there. He doesn't want you to think of, oh, how horrible and how, how bad. This is probably one problem that I have as a pastor or as a preacher. I'm not. Anyway, I can't sit in your stuff with you. I can't because I already know the one that passed before it you go get mad at me I mean I'll, I'll I can I can I can get in the middle of something with you real quick, and I'm going to give you some, some, some scripture that I know that you need because we all like to be coddled. and stuff. So I'm, I'm going to give you some scripture like there, there's a time and a season. There, there's, a, there's a time to grieve, but there's a time for happening. Our, our grieving time's over. It's time to be happy because why? Who are you? 
Why are you sitting in the cave? Come on. Why are you here? Can you remember what I've done? As if that ain't good enough, let's pull this principle and let's unfold some more truth so that you can gather it. Behold, God walked. Then the wind came, and the earthquake came, and the fire came. I don't want you focusing on that. You're not going to see me in your problem. It's not that I'm not there. You're not going to see me in the problem. Because, man, oh, there's a, there's a spiritual principle. It's not that he's not there because he's still there. Because he's in the midst of the fire with the three. So he's still there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's still there. The problem is we don't see him. We've been looking at the storm. I see. This is. You, you done yet? That's God. <laughs> you'll you'll eventually. Hey. <laughs> we still while you were. Oh, never mind. We've got to find a way to stop dwelling in the midst of our problem and look for avenues. How many of you know when a storm comes, it always leaves a path? Yes, it does. Follow the yellow brick road. No? She said no. So I apologize. God makes ways. And if he got you through the one five years ago, ten years ago, six weeks ago, two months ago, if he got you through that, well, Pastor, he didn't get me through that. I'm still doing You alive, ain't you? Yep. Come on. He got you through it. He holds your breath in his hand. Though the waters overtake you. Though the fires burn around you. And it never consumes you. Because he holds you. What I liked about this too was the, the grace of God at the end. I loved it. I seen all this other stuff and man, it was great. And then I see God always, I, I don't know why he does it. You have to ask him, but he's always wanting to put the cherry on top. I don't know why. It's just who he is. He's always outdoing himself. And he's always wanting to put a cherry on top. So here he is. He has chased Elijah down. He's found him in a place in his life. 
And he's questioning, why are you even here? And he's finding out that Elijah has actually found himself in a point of exhaustion. He's tired. God has taken him to the end of his road. He has no more fuel left. God's been pulling him the past 40 days through the wilderness. And after he showed him what, what all has happened, He looked at him and said, now I want you to go, continue your journey. You got one more thing for me. I love it when he does this. Can, can you do it just one more time? I mean, it's hard. It's, whew. Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm wits in. If I got to go through this one more time with her, I'm going to just, can you do it just? Can, can you muster up just one more time? Just, I know, but I've been waking up like this every morning. Can you do it just, can you wake up one more time? Yeah. See, we don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to wake up at the completion. We just need to do it one more time. Right. One more step. One more day. One more trip. Don't ask me to do seven and then seven on the seventh. We don't have no oxygen up in here. He said, we've gone through it all. And he said, Elijah, I love you. This is the RDN version. See, you didn't know that I'd done that either, did you? It's the RDN version. He said, Elijah, I love you. If you'll just do this one more thing for me. If you'll go one more time for me. What I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in front of your successor. And I want you to anoint him. Because <coughs> he will take over where you leave off. Can you do it one more time? Can you try one more time? Can you forgive one more time? Can you help? One more time. Will you trust me? One more time. But it hurts. I, it doesn't say that I'm disappointed with you, Elijah. It doesn't say that I'm mad at you, Elijah. He, didn't, he even didn't say, I don't believe you anymore, Elijah. He didn't say that I don't believe that you don't trust me anymore, Elijah. He said, Elijah, if you'll do this one thing. Continue this journey. And when you get there, I want you to anoint Elisha. He will be your replacement. For the grace of God, just know 
God knows us better than we know ourselves. See, if, if God would have left it up to him and he would have stayed in the cave and where he was, what are the chances of Elisha? Don't get religious on me right there and go, well, God's going to... Shut up for a minute. Look at everything that Elisha carried through. All because Elijah was willing. One more time. Stand with me. Listen, there's things in your life that you're going to face and that you're going to go through that are going to overtake you sometime. And I don't look down on that because I, I understand it. I find myself in, in places and situations to where I don't believe that there's any way out. Well, Pastor, I don't ever see you moping around. No, but you don't see me at home when I'm angry. You don't see me when I'm throwing papers in the office. Pastor. Well, if I came around you, I'd probably see some of the same stuff. You're probably throwing shoes and pocketbooks and, and knives at your husbands and wives. I mean. But there's a point coming. And maybe you might be standing in... You might be in the cave this morning and God just came to you and what he just said was, why are you here? I wonder where we've left off. I wonder where we stopped trusting him. I wonder where we stopped believing. Well, maybe I don't want to be so harsh. I wonder where we began to let go. I don't want to say that you don't trust him anymore. I don't want to say that. Maybe you just don't trust him enough right now. Maybe there's just something that he's trying to stir up in you. He, all he needs is just a little more. If we'll finish that one more row with the plow. If we'll dig that one final hole in the ground. If we'll ask him one more time. See, desperation will bring you to measures. And it might be that point of desperation where God needs you. Because he knows that at that point, what you're speaking is purity from your heart. Remember, he wants you to come boldly. He wants you to say what's on your mind. He doesn't need your Christianese right now. What you learned in college with a prayer and how to break down theology and how to use these elaborate words. He, he's, not look, he, he's looking for your heart at this moment. Elijah said, I'm done. Elijah said, I have done Everything that I am done, I can't take anymore. 
wonder how many of us, our stress levels have gotten to that point. To where we just can't do it anymore. God just passed in front of your cave this morning. With a little reminder. Letting you know that he's gone before you. He, he's, he's letting you know that he's already walked it out. He just wants you to do one more thing. Are you willing to do one more thing? One more time. <laughs>